Uh, Zach, are your are your AirPod cases outside of your reach? I'm looking at my AirPods case. I am not touching my AirPods case. Do you think you can keep it that way this time around? <laughs> I'll try. I'll try. <laughs> Don't want to commit too too much. <laughs> Some context there. I was fiddling with my AirPods case during last week's show, and uh, it sort of interfered with the audio because I think my Mac thought that I wanted to use the AirPods as input uh, when I took them out of the case. Anyway. What's this topic about TV app? Yeah, I don't know. Like I told you earlier, Zach, I thought you put this in. I did not put this here. I have a theory before Kai tells us what this topic is. Does it involve something about the sport tab of the TV app and boasting that you have that in Canada? I mean, I I can definitely make it that. (laughs) However, I was very, I was convinced you put that in the show notes. No, I absolutely (laughs) did not. Okay. I mean, I, no one's already there. I can explain what it Wait, is. When is this from? Was this in the previous episode's show notes too? It's been brought across for a couple of weeks, I think. <laughs> okay, we should really start naming those things. I have no idea who put this in. If only there was Git for Google Docs. <laughs> I think they call it Git. I mean, I, I just assume we're talking about the TV app, as in the TV app on your iPhone and your Apple TV. I presume Not a so generic too. generic TV OS app, if that if that's the right assumption, I can talk about it. I mean, it could also mean a TV app that you have on smart TV. So there are three options here. Mm. I mean, I'm sure we can uh, construct other arbitrary meanings of TV app. <laughs> Look, I'm not the best person to talk about the, the TV app on the phone because I don't even have it installed. I'm obviously a great podcaster. So I think, I think it came up sometime um, over the last few days, weeks, uh, because in Australia, KO launched the the sports streaming app. Oh, maybe I should download that. How how do you spell that? Is it just K O? Yeah, K A Y O. All right, thank you, thank you, Zach. Tricky, that makes tricky so much name, more hey. sense. Yeah, tricky name. Yeah, it's... also also not available in other countries, but us than Australia. So you can't download it anyways. All right. No. Okay. Thanks. Anyway, but apparently <laughs> Australia. Um, Australia usually gets everything that Apple does uh, pretty much from day one, with the notable exception of Apple Pay uh, and Apple Pay Cash, and now apparently the TV app. And ACG, I just want to throw that in there. Well, no one has that yet. Um, but it won't I be think, coming to Australia first. I mean, we we don't actually know that. It will if you change your... Re- yeah, they, they said it was US only. I think. They said it will be in... No, they said it will be uh, this year in the US, right? Yeah, they yeah, didn't true. say it will not be anywhere else. <laughs> so it's kind of like the the Mac Pro that's not coming mm. this year. Uh, doesn't yeah, necessarily okay. mean that it's coming next year, but whatever. Um, anyway, um, so I don't I don't really know why Australia doesn't have the TV app because I I wouldn't think there's anything that's particularly country. Pr- uh, specific oh no we ha- we have it sorry i've just deleted it from my phone why did you okay you just didn't want it yeah there's no need for it the app exists uh it just doesn't have the sport tab i think that's the difference that we ah. uh, realized a few weeks ago by so we have... you mean only you because i didn't realize that 
what, were we tweeting about this? Yeah, yeah. I assumed it's the entire TV app. That's not. Ah, no, no, no. The TV app exists. Um, mm, okay. It's just only got four tabs, not five. There's a missing sport tab. Okay, the sports tab is the only one I'm using. Um, <laughs> of course, it is. It's the only good one. <laughs> it it kind of is though, because I guess the reason why it's on Australia then is that it doesn't actually support a whole bunch of sports. I think the problem is that like many apps are string based, right? And if all sports are called footy, it's quite difficult to decide how to display that, right? Uh, must be it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Thanks, Molly. What's co- the the sport integration with the Apple TV is not a thing in Australia, so that's why the tab's missing. All right. Um, yeah. Uh, that's for me. That's the only part I use uh, because you can actually select uh, all the sports you, you're you're interested in. And even select your favorite teams. So you go into the TV app, go to the sports tab, uh, select, I don't know, Canadian football, and you say, I like the BC Lions. And then there's a setting whether you want to show scores or not. And after you selected that, um, whenever a game of the BC Lions starts, you get a push notification. You get a notification on your phone. Or if you're already on your Apple TV, you get a small notification on your Apple TV saying that there's a sports game starting. And you can just hit the TV button or hit the notification um, to jump right to the game if you have a um, TV service provider that actually shows the game. But you don't have to worry about whether it's KO or ESPN or TSN or whatever other app you might have that shows the game. You just hit the button and it starts playing the the game. But I think if you don't have any of the apps or the app that... Uh, it's available in, then it would not start, right? Then it would just recommend you to buy a subscription. I guess so. I would assume, yeah. But it's also quite nice because if you, I don't know, you're saying you're interested in the uh, NFL um, and you get notifications, hey, there's a really close game. Uh, you might want to uh, jump in for the last 10 minutes because it might be an interesting one. So those kind of notifications about things in sport you might care about and where it makes a lot of sense to get notifications because they're usually quite time-based i i kind of like it for that because sometimes i I, i'm not necessarily religiously watching every single nba game that is on but if there's uh, if there's a close one on i'll definitely jump in for last three minutes so yeah i think that at least the sports tab of the tv app is really nice and i think you would enjoy it as soon as it supports uh, australian sport types (laughs) Yeah, yeah, hopefully it comes a thing soon. Um, it sounds pretty cool. And I think there's a, there aren't a lot of good sport apps that do things like notifying you when, uh, games are close and things like that. I mean, there are some. Um, but I think to then be able to link you back to an app or, or to a, a service that is playing the game live, uh, is sort of that next, that next level. And it sounds pretty cool. Apple's probably. Tr- trying to find people that understand what what even is a close score in cricket <laughs> anyway that was uh, our our confusion about the tv app uh point in yeah, our I journal assume that's what we want to talk about if not i guess we talk about the whatever tv app we plan on talking about at a later stage again maybe we'll have to leave it in the show notes for a few more weeks jog the memory <laughs> yeah someone and i think the next one might be something you added yeah, it is um, this a long time ago when I was frustrated with stuff. The topic that's been in the show notes for a while now says uh, podcast listening habit and frustrating realizations. 
So this was nothing I was aware of, but uh, Kai and I were talking, and we were talking about this was probably like three weeks ago by now. We were talking about like how much podcast, how many podcasts we listen to, and this has been something that we've been discussing in the past. And we have also been discussing how much we read social media, and it's also been coming up because I think all of us listen to Hello Internet, and we listen to uh, Cortex with uh, man, how can I forget his name? Uh, with CDP Gray, uh, and like that's a dollar, by the way, Marlin. <sighs> okay, should we do-, do this now? Are we doing this now? All right, we do, do you want to explain this before I go on my realization about podcast habits? So, because now we're we're recording a lot of podcasts, or at least one a, one a week, um, we we're forced to listen to ourselves a lot more, and we realized that after living in English speaking countries for multiple years, our English still has some weird accent. Um, so now we're more actively trying to get rid of that. I mean, I obviously realized this before because many times when I talk to people, even when I just order a coffee, my, many people often ask, what's your accent from? And I'm like, where's your accent where from? Is your accent from? <laughs> no. Okay. Yeah. They ask me, where's my accent from? And I'm like, well, shouldn't you ask where I'm from? Like, why do you ask where my accent is from? First of all, that's a weird way of asking it. And I also think, I think the idea is that to be less offensive. I'm not assuming you're a foreigner, but your accent definitely is. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's it. They're like, oh, maybe she's from here, but then she lived in a far, far away country. Did you buy your voice on the overseas black market or something? <laughs> is that how yeah. it works? Yeah, you know, like uh, I, I, I was thinking, Swedes are known for having like a good, a nice singing voice, so I should maybe maybe get one of those, and then I get the accent for free, and I can't sing. <laughs> and you know, you know, that's that's how it goes with online purchases, always being scammed. <laughs> Anyways, my accent and I am are are from Sweden, um, but like. I, I do get this question a lot and I'm like, why, why is that? Like, is it so obvious that I'm from a different country? And then obviously I have listened more and more to myself lately. And there's certain words that I'm picking up and notice are quite strongly not native English sounding. It's like words that have CH in them, uh, like with. That's TH. <laughs> words that has TH and CH in them. <laughs> like there, they, with uh, thief, yeah, we had like all those different words that I'm keeping on saying wrong, and Which therefore are the ch ch yeah chicken. Oh. To be fair, there are very few Australians who can pronounce th. I'm not sure if I should take Australians as a reference of proper <laughs> English. No, you absolutely shouldn't. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, there are people who grew up with this terrible language and they still can't pronounce things great. So. How do they pronounce it? With. With. Yeah, I say with. So I pronounce just a T. So mm. that's my problem. Uh, so we were talking about how to deal with this. Do you want to explain how we're dealing with this guy? Yeah. I mean, it is weird, right? Uh, you also told me yesterday that you always feel like almost offended by people saying, where's your accent from? Yeah, like I wasn't sure if I should bring this up, but like I, I think I, w- I think, man, I, no, I said a weird word again. I think that uh, like it 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 is a bit offensive to ask people where you're from because I think I personally feel like I've been uh, I've been speaking like I I don't think my English is bad in general, but I think I do have an accent. But I think asking first thing first time you meet the person. Uh, 
to ask the for, man i really can't speak right now because i'm so cautious cautious about this but if you like ask a person that you just met where they're from or where the accent is from it sort of adds this separation directly like you're not from there i was in the apple store the other day and the person was like oh where are you from and i said yeah i'm originally from sweden and he's like so what brings you to vancouver i'm like I, 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 I live here I wanted to look at the watch bands and it feels a bit weird and it feels like they often often sort of assume that I'm not from there and I feel like it sort of adds this separation and I, I don't want that I would like to like get rid of my accent I'm, I'm working quite hard on, on doing so uh, but I've been talking to some people who often like some people who are closer friends of mine uh, who do say oh where's your accent from and I've been pointing this out and they say that for them it's sort of a charmy thing and they like people with accent and they think it's a special thing to have an accent so for them it's more of a compliment but I personally feel like a little bit offended when people say that because I'm trying so hard. I was just about to say the same thing that I think it's really cool that you have an accent and you know it's sort of it's a little bit different right like I mean I I'm obviously uh, somebody who has grown up in the same city, uh, lived in the same city my whole life and has spoken English and I I only speak one language. So I uh, don't have that, I guess, exposure to a second language. And uh, I think it's really cool to sort of have an accent and, and, you know, it shows that you're like sort of skilled in another language and from somewhere else and aren't, I guess, the same as everyone else. I don't don't know. But the only way, the only way that is being shown is by you not mastering the new language you're speaking now right i i understand that but for me it feels more like i am trying to integrate and i'm trying so hard to speak the language uh, and this for me feels more like a handicap that i can't express myself as well as people who speak the language natively and i think if i would have like a weird limp or something people wouldn't ask oh like, where's your walking style from? Or why are you walking so funny? But for some reason, it feels like this sort of thing, like of how, how I pronounce things is something that people do point out. And I think you're right. Like people, people do think it's special and it sort of shows that you're like been around the world and you've done things. But I feel like, I don't know. I just feel like <sighs> for me, English is very much the language I use every day. And like, if I think in words, I think in English. If I dream, I dream in English. And like, for me, it's just so weird that other people don't perceive me as being as fluent as I would like to be. Well, that's an entirely different topic, dreaming and thinking in languages. No, but like, I mean, first of all, I think uh, both of you speak English very, very well. So I don't think that is should be a concern. Um, but also, it's probably slightly different to... Uh, I guess, want to get rid of an accent versus wanting to change pronunciation. Um, Because you can still be very fluent in a language, but have an accent. Um, Okay, I see that. And I'm wondering if if it is the accent that you want to get rid of, or if it's just the pronunciation of certain things um, that you'd like to change. So, for me personally, it's more, I'm happy to tell people that that I'm German, but I want to get to a point where I decide when that happens, if you know what I mean. It's it's like I don't want other people hearing me talk. And I know it, right? You you talk about something. I don't know, Apple Store example. You go to an Apple Store or coffee shop example. You go to a coffee shop, you order coffee, and the person asks you where's your accent from means 
while I was talking about whatever I wanted to talk about, the only thing they that registered with them first and was then occupying their mind was foreign person wonder where they're from. And I don't, uh, I want to get to a point where that's not always the first thought that comes into people's head when I start talking to them. I want to be able to hold a conversation and then say, so I, what, I don't know. Uh, are you from Vancouver? And then I want to say, no. You know what? Actually, I'm 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 German, but I've lived yeah. in Australia and Vancouver. And that's exactly what I do. If I speak to a person and they do have an accent, no matter where I meet this person, like I ask, oh, so like um, like I, I don't ask where are you from. I say, so did you grow up in Vancouver or um, like where 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 do you live or something like that? I don't ask like straight out like. Where are you from? When did you come to this country? But I think that's because we're uniquely yeah yeah. But it's, it's just a tip. It's just it's just a bit of an advice to people that like usually people are not very happy about having an accent and yeah. If you if you want to ask, I think it's better to put it that way and just ask like where where they grew up, for example. Yeah, fair enough. I see where you're coming from. I mean, it makes sense. But thank you for thank you for thinking that it's it's not it's not a bad thing and. We probably make a bigger deal out of it. But it's also, it's because other people, like native English speakers, don't really usually see it as a problem. They are more hesitant to correct you if you say something wrong because everyone gives you the benefit of a doubt. Ah, it's a foreigner. They, You don't have to tell them every single time they say, uh, t- they use a word incorrectly or pronounce something in a, in a strange way. And uh, the, often the the thought behind that is positive to say to to not wanting to correct a person constantly um but the result is that you're getting not getting better at the language right so whenever you hear or saying something uh um i don't know grammatically incorrect or pronounce something funny just just point it out because that's the only way for us to get better and what we're trying yeah so that leads us to a system that we have used before uh, so i spoke a lot worse english before i made a lot of grammatical issues before grammatical errors before it's difficult uh, when you're so self-conscious so, yeah, it's so hard to about what you're that. talking about yeah. you're way more conscious of how to structure every single sentence way more conscious of how to pronounce every single word it's really hard to speak proper english while thinking about your 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 uh i don't know your approach of becoming better at speaking english yeah but we, we used to have the system. Uh, if I had a grammatical error, um, I owed Kai uh, money. So I owed him equivalent to like 10 cents. This was not a big deal, but I ended up owing him a lot of money. Uh, like, n- not, not like I, I went out of business amount of money, but like I, I, it was a lot that I ended up paying him. Like sometimes I like it ended up being like a dinner per week or something like that because it was so. Uh, like often that I ha- got this as like a punishment, I guess, and it worked really well. So it ended up being really expensive for me. So I ended up uh, like getting better and better at English. So now we introduce this again. So every time I pronounce some word, like especially the ones with uh, th, uh, if I pronounce those words funny, funnily, uh, I owe Kai one dollar. So th- this is fun. So now technically, uh, Molin just pronounced with. Uh, as a wit so that means she owes me a dollar which means now i'm officially a pro- professional podcaster because i made an entire dollar from this show it's going straight into your imac pro fund isn't it <laughs> everything is going straight there but 
I think we we what we should do this time around is also find a word for me that I tend to struggle with, because that way we can maybe balance out the 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 um, income distribution a bit better. How about footy? Every time I say footy and you don't know what I'm talking about, you owe her ten dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't like that idea at all. Um, <laughs> but we'll figure out which word we use for me. Whatever sticks out as we listen to this episode, that's the word I go with. Fair enough. All right, so back to the the topic <laughs> of um, yeah, podcast listening habits and frustrations. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Now I've been ranting and talking about my frustrations with with myself uh, and language. So let's actually. This is also frustrations with myself. So uh, kind of we were talking about how many podcasts we listen to, listen to, and like this has been a topic coming up quite frequently on other podcasts like Cortex, uh, where CGP Gray has basically been stopping to listen to podcasts at all, and he's also not using any social media networks and i think he's not really reading news i don't know what he's doing during the days to be honest imagine actually working what kind of life is yeah i mean he has released two videos the last month Mm. and three podcast episodes this week which three podcast episodes what there were two hello internets and the cortex yeah yeah you know i actually saved the hello internet episode when i saw it coming out Mm-hmm. Because I thought I I want to distribute my CGP gray CGP gray <laughs> consumption, uh, but now mm-hmm. I can just go nuts and listen to it. But um, one is a road trip episode. By yeah, the way. I like the road trip episode. It's a very good one. Yeah, it's very very amusing. Uh, but yeah, so, so kind of listen to that I listen to that one. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry, no, I was saving the cortex episode. Yeah, so we um, we were talking about how many podcasts we listen to uh, because uh, Gray isn't listening to podcasts anymore, um, and the guy was asking how much uh, how many podcasts I listen to, and he asked uh, how much percent of the time, like how much of my attention actually goes towards the podcast, and I was very happy to say eighty percent. Like this was an answer that I was very proud of, and guy's like, oh. Really? I'm like, that's not bad. 80%, 80% is a lot, right? Basically, the reason why he asked this was because he was like, okay, that's not good. I'm like, but 80% is a lot. And then he's like, yeah, exactly. But you still have those 20% where your brain is going towards something else. And you obviously have something that you want to think uh, about. So I think the question was more, while listening to a podcast, what is the percentage of time you spend full pay full attention to the podcast you're listening to yeah yeah and then you said 80 percent. yeah which means 20 percent of the time you're drifting away from the podcast thinking about something else briefly mm. but then focusing yourself back to paying attention to the podcast because that's what you're actually trying to listen to but it is a clear indication, at least to me, that your brain is actually trying to think about something and you're trying to suppress that. Yeah. What do you think about that theory, Zach? It is definitely an interesting topic. Uh, But yeah, I do tend to agree that um, if you you do find yourself thinking about other things and not giving too much attention to the podcast, then maybe you aren't either aren't as interested as you could be or you should be thinking about something else. And I know that uh, in today's society, there is a lot of information overload and we do have the ability to be consuming information almost constantly. Um, 
I mean, there's endless amounts of news to read and podcasts to listen to and books to read and audiobooks to listen to and shows to watch and all of that, that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, I think it can be easy to sort of overload yourself with things like podcasts and then your brain, uh, thinks about other things when maybe you want it to be more focused on a podcast. To me, the problem isn't so much that there is a lot of things that you could do, because I think that's good, right? There are periods of time where you just do mindless things and having a podcast to listen to, like, I don't know, you're, you're doing a road trip, but you're by yourself, like a longer car drive. You probably don't have a lot of... Um, like if if you're if you're not listening to a podcast, it's probably a lot longer. Especially if you're in a situation like stop and go traffic, or there's an accident on the road, and you're just the only thing you can do is listen to a podcast, and then that can really um, improve that situation quite significantly. I think the problem, however, is that brains are really good at um, learning patterns. And like adjusting to new patterns and learning patterns from however you behave and how you're uh, dealing with your brain. So if you're in a situation where you have 80% of like, let's say you listen to 10 hours of podcasts, uh, podcasts a week, 80% of those you pay attention to it, 20% you're, you're, you're actually drifting away, you're kind of training your brain quite every time you drift away and have an actual thought that somehow seems to have been important enough to drag you away from a podcast um, to you train your brain to then give up on that thought as quickly as possible to go back to the podcast that you're actually listening to. And I think that is something that is potentially bad for your brain to be trained upon to, to kind of suppress your own thoughts and trying to... Um, uh, whenever there is a thought to kind of move away from it quickly because if you change your attention again it's also happening that you're forgetting the thing that you thought about way quicker because you just notice it kind of creeping up on you and then you suppressed it do you do that though that's that's what marlin did okay yeah so i think we were also talking about uh i did have a feeling that lately i forget things and i feel like i have some ideas but then i'm not like like if i'm not writing them down i'm like they don't always come back to me or I don't completely like complete that thought. And I think this happens when I'm not listening to podcasts too, or that was at least what I was worried about. And then we were talking about it. And I think like partly it is because like you do teach yourself to like, uh, yeah, I guess finish the thought fast and get back to whatever you're actually focusing on. And uh, you potentially just like push those thoughts away because you're focusing on something else at that point. And I think it could be, problematic uh, in other situations when you're not listening to a podcast and so basically what i did was that like i felt like maybe maybe kai is right uh, or maybe cgp gray has been right uh, like i have been feeling like oh i can like i just want more information i can continue listening to podcasts and it was never a problem that i didn't remember what the podcast was about so i'd never saw that as a problem and I thought, okay, I can obviously listen to a podcast and focus on it, but I never saw this side effect on the fact that I potentially not like think things through as much as I would like to, or I potentially not let like as many of my own ideas in as I would like to. So I sort of decided that I should just listen to podcasts that I really am interested in and when I have a longer block of time. So for example, please don't judge me. Uh, I used to listen a lot to podcasts in the shower. Uh, and now I actually stop with that. 
Judging very hard. <laughs> and many other people Another always... Another dollar. Another dollar, all right. Uh, because it isn't in the, in the shower? Or? Uh, no, but uh, basically it, it's like... I, I figure, okay, that's a, that's a good pl- place to start. I'm not going to listen to a podcast while showering. And many people apparently get ideas while showering. And honestly, I get so many great ideas. Like, no, yeah, it's, no, it's not, exactly. it's not a joke. Like, it's not like I came up with a piece of paper that you can now write on while you're in the shower. No, not those stupid ideas because like, that's something everyone thought of and it's not going to work. Uh, it's not, it's not going to be something anyone's using. This is not a good not, invention. Don't be so judgmental towards writing in the shower, mother. <laughs> Um, but I did have really good ideas. For example, I came up with a great artwork for this uh, app um, that Kaya, uh, Kaya's sort of tweaking with. Um, don't know how much you want me to say about that. That's fine. Um, I, don't, I don't care. I came up with this great artwork. I came up with a great name for this app. And I came up with a new artwork for a show that I want to do. I haven't had a chance to write it down or to, to draw it yet. But it's a really good artwork for idea for the show. For the show. And I also came up with a talk. Like, it's it's amazing. I came up with so many things while showering now. So maybe I need that uh, pen and paper in the shower. Yeah, it, it is true. Like the whole, you know, you need to give your brain some time to just sort of be alone to its thoughts and to not some, sort of constantly bom- be bombarding it with information, which is so easy to do in this age of, I guess, endless content, uh, for lack of a better word. Um, and it's fascinating how when you sort of step back from filling a lot of spare moments with podcasts, how much more time you have to think and to analyze things and sort of how those ideas can come to you, not with ease, but sometimes relatively easier than, you know, if you're, I mean, I guess the idea behind listening to podcasts is you think, oh yeah, I'm going to fill my brain with new and exciting different thoughts that, you know, maybe I wouldn't have come up with by myself, but you do also need that time to sort of, for your brain to process things and then for it to do some thinking uh, sort of subconsciously and for the the results of that to, to show. Yeah. And it seems like shower is a very common place for people to do that. Um, I also think walks are really good for that. If you just yeah. go for a walk instead of listening to a podcast, even even if you're not by yourself, right? Even taking a walk with another person is quite... Yeah, but like I actually walk to work now and I used to always listen to a podcast while commuting. And uh, obviously I listened to a podcast while walking in the beginning to work. But now I feel like realistically it's a 15 to 20 minute walk. Uh, I don't really need to listen to a podcast anymore. And then I feel like certain things that I'm thinking about or that I know that I will be working on uh, during my day, I just... Uh, think about during during my walk and like it actually works quite well i do get a great lot of lots of ideas um and it's been really good i feel like it's already making a change uh, like make, making a difference but the thing is that i like this was not like i always thought that people stop listening to podcasts or stop reading more things or stop watching like videos uh, and movies because they just felt like they couldn't parse all the information that they're taking in. But that's not, wasn't really a reason. And I feel like what I do now instead is to listen to a podcast that I really like. And I definitely wouldn't stop listening to podcasts that like, like Gray is doing. That's, uh, 
not really what I want to do because I feel like I do get a lot of value out of podcasts and I do learn a lot of different perspectives. But I also really value having that time for myself to actually reflect on those things and actually think about what I just listened to instead of just jumping to the next podcast directly. And I, I feel like this is a healthier balance. Yeah, I've noticed. Um, so I often take a walk at lunch and sometimes I'll listen to podcasts, but other days I find it's just really nice to walk and not have anything to sort of I guess a podcast forces you to think about something, whatever it is that you're listening to. Whereas if you're not listening to something, your brain is just allowed to wander. And sometimes it can be really beneficial to then come back to my desk after lunch, having just let my brain wander for half an hour. And then I can continue with work quite easily without having sort of bombarded my brain with more information in the lunch break that then it needs to focus on and process before I can get back into work. Does that make sense? Yeah, because then you you, you do have sort of this like context switching as well. Exactly. So for you, you yeah. will still have sort of the, well, if you listen to, like if you, if you read Twitter, you will think about all the things you read on Twitter mm-hmm. while you sit down and try to get back into programming. So I do understand. I, I, exactly. I, I agree. And I want to ask how, how music works for you in this same context. Do you think listen to music sometimes while you're trying to think about things or do you find it's equally distracting for me music is not distracting at all Mm -hmm. but i'm also having a weird thing where i don't listen to lyrics at all okay i can listen to to i can sit and listen to a really sad song and he's really happy and he's like (laughs) singing alone like alone even i'm like do you know what this song is about it's like no it's great i'm like no no." it has a beat (laughs) woo yeah no, but it's, I don't know, I don't know where that comes from. Maybe it is that I I grew up without speaking any English, listening to a lot of English music, but never even having the expectation to be able to parse the language. I, I have some some songs that I've been listening to for, I don't know. Man, yeah, you were singing a song the other day. And it was so hilarious, the lyrics you thought they were singing. Uh, it was like... We don't have to go into too many details here. <laughs> <laughs> but like, sometimes, like, I noticed that too, like, when I was, uh, when I didn't know English, I like, it's quite common to make up English words. So if you want to sing along with a song, you just make up some gibberish. Uh, so yeah, maybe that helps you, okay? That you, you like, music helps you focus because you don't really listen to the lyrics. But for me, I feel like it's completely different. Like it depends on day to day. Like sometimes I focus like really well with music and especially, I think especially while programming, music really helps uh, because I feel like it sort of makes me a bit more focused. It sort of blocks out outside noise. But then other times I can sit and like really want to like just think through a concept or think something through and then it's so frustrating, like I needed to be like completely silenced. And I think it's often like if I start listening to a song, I actually listen to the lyrics. And if I get into the sort of pattern of listening to what they're singing about, that's going to be really distracting. Sometimes I listen to songs in a different language from like, if I listen to Swedish songs, that's okay. And sometimes I listen to like Japanese pop music. I did it for a while. And that actually really helps because you don't actually understand what they're singing. Fair enough. Yeah, it's an interesting way to look at it. And yourself? Um, yeah, I, I guess I I wanted to mention it because I find sometimes that if I am listening to a podcast, say on the bus or on the walk or something, uh, and my brain is wandering, then I will uh, sometimes switch it off if if what I need to think about is more important and I do want to dedicate some time to that. But sometimes I will switch on music as well. Uh, and I find generally if I'm familiar with the music, so if it's not a new album, 
um, but it's, it's something I've heard many, many times over. Then I do quite enjoy listening to the music while yeah, thinking about other things. Like it's, it's yeah. background music as opposed to uh, something that I'm super focused on. Uh, and I, I find that works quite well. Yeah, because you don't try to listen, right? Like you don't try to figure out what they're singing. You're like, you know already. I think that helps. Yeah, listening to things I already know and, and familiar with helps there. Um, but I find it can be nice to sometimes still have that background audio going, but it's not anything that I have to focus on. And then I can let my mind wander and, and think about whatever it wants to think about. So, yeah, I was just curious yeah. to see how you felt about that too. No, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm very mixed. It depends very much on like mood or mm-hmm. task um, or language of the songs. That's another thing with music is mood is really important. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sometimes you are going to want to listen to something uh, and other times you're just not in the mood for it. And I think that makes a big difference. And it also affects what you want to listen to as well, uh, as opposed to just whether you want to listen. Yeah. For me, I don't know. I think I I don't have as high maintenance requirements for music. It's often that I can listen to almost anything and Mon's like, can we just skip this stupid song now? It's, it's super annoying. I don't really have that. I can, I can listen to... I, I do kind of enjoy having music on in the background, but I'm not as picky with what it uh, as long as it stays within the genres of music i like i'm happy with almost everything uh app store family plants are having downsides apparently zach what are those downsides uh i didn't put this in the notes (laughs) (laughs) i don't think all right malin what is annoying about family plants okay no okay i'm gonna keep this short because i feel like i've been talking way too much and most things don't really they're not particularly interesting uh, but uh, last week we were talking about um, Kai you had a you were talking about a game um, it's not towerful it's something it's a tower defense game it is wait I will get to it uh, crush something what's no. the game kingdom rush <gasps> and this particular one was vengeance yes okay uh, yes you were talking about this game and I wanted to buy it and um then I realized something that I don't like about family plans. So Kai and I, we are in a family and we're using a family plan on, uh, uh, in, uh, in iCloud and in uh, the app store. So that basically means that if Kai buys an app, I will get it for free, which is great in theory. But sometimes I just feel like I want to give developers money. And uh, this is something that I found to be like an actual downside uh, to, of of the family plans because I feel like it's 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 basically worse for the developers. And often I feel like I would like all the apps I have on my phone, I would have been happy to pay for. And it's a bit unfortunate that there isn't an option to do that, especially when like there are apps that you really care about and you really like. If it's like a per- if you know that it's an indie developer who's been working on something, like it would be great to actually uh, be able to like pay for that uh so yeah um that's all i want to say about this i just feel like it's a bit unfortunate that it sort of limits you to not give money to people so i absolutely agree that it's uh and we we know this uh fairly well as developers that it is a good thing to give money to developers and to support other generally independent software is um it's it's good always good to support that but i think you've got to think about the benefits of a family plan is generally to save money and it's you know 
generally going to be appealing to somebody to say, hey, if you buy this app, the rest of your family can use it too. And really, they don't care about, I mean, I mean, a normal person isn't going to care about a developer missing out on their $5. Uh, it's something that we're sort of, you know, we're willing to pay for apps and we're probably more willing than the average person anyway as developers. Uh, but I think, yeah, it, the purpose of this is to save people money. So it's, while yes, it might be nice to be able to pay to re, to pay to redownload as a, as a family plan member. Um, I think it sort of, it, it makes the, the current behavior sort of makes sense for what it is. Yeah. I'm wondering as well, like if more people who would normally not pay for an app actually end up paying for it when they know it's on a family plan because they know that they can share it with the rest of their family. It would be interesting to have some statistics. Yeah. And if that's the case, then it's better. That, I mean, the, the developer has got that sale uh, and it's better for them to have gotten the one sale than the, the zero sale they would have made other the zero sales they would have made otherwise. Yeah. Um, but I guess this is also less of a could be less of a concern as things move towards subscriptions. Uh, is it correct that subscriptions yeah. don't um, share between family members, like App Store subscriptions? I have a feeling that's correct. Mm. Like if that does sound familiar. And also uh, consumable in-app purchases, I believe, don't share uh, amongst families. Oh, yeah. yeah. Consum- consumables, definitely not. I'm not sure about subscriptions, though. But we should verify this. Okay, so I've just... Uh, just confirmed. Apple have a very helpful uh, support page for this. You can't share in-app purchases seemingly at all, and you also can't share uh, subscriptions from from App Store subscriptions. I mean, you can you can share Apple Music via a family plan subscription, uh, obviously, but you can't share app subscriptions uh, um, amongst families. And you have to sort of, uh, I believe, roll your own system as a developer if you wanted to allow that kind of uh, that kind of system. <laughs> That sounds like a really annoying system to roll to not get more money. Like, I, I think um, I think uh, Curtis Herbert, the guy who makes slopes uh, at mm-hmm. Parrots on Twitter, is either in the middle of doing something like this or was debating it. I remember seeing some tweets go by a couple of weeks ago about about this. Um, so it might be an interesting follow if if it's a topic that interests you. All right. Um, but yeah, I believe he was looking into how he could how he could share or work out a way to share subscriptions for his app amongst people of the same family. And I think he was weighing up pros and cons. And obviously one of the cons being how do you how do you address people maybe trying to game the system by sharing it with their friends instead of the intended use case of a family who goes skiing together um, for, for his slopes app, which records, um, which is kind of like a, a health monitoring app, but for, for uh, skiing-based activities. Oh, it sounds like a pretty good idea to have because like if you i don't i haven't actually used slopes because i'm not skiing yet uh probably have to learn that soon um but i i think it would probably make sense if you want to look at your data together as well and if you go on a ski trip together i guess it might be interesting to actually share your trip i think uh like if you go to a resort you also like often when you buy tickets i assume that like the resorts would have like a family pass i assume so it might go in line with that yeah almost certainly i think most of those are you skiing Zach? no i don't ski um again something i'd like to get around to uh just something i haven't ever gotten around to um i think it could be it seems quite fun and everyone who skis seems to enjoy it um but yeah i imagine those type of things generally would come with family passes or plans and things like that so yeah it could sort of be i guess an analog uh, sorry a, a a reference there to like a real world 
family skiing pass. Um, and I think he, he his app is quite themed and he's sort of one of the indie developers that I follow closely and, and fascinated by their work. Um, his app is quite themed and his subscription plan is called a slopes pass, kind of like a ski pass that you would buy at a ski resort. Um, mm-hmm. If I get any of that wrong, I'm sure uh, some of the, the people who ski and listen to this show will uh, will send me a message. But uh, hopefully, hopefully, what I said there is uh, mostly correct. Um, so yeah, I think that would be another way. Mostly to- correct. That's all we're <laughs> aiming for here. Hey, <laughs> I, I, I admitted I don't know uh, everything about this topic. I'm not pretending to, um, but just what? trying to. An Australian that's not an expert at skiing. Oh no! <laughs> if we only had someone from a cold country here. <laughs> Yeah, Sweden doesn't really have any mountains. Anyway, all right. Uh, in-app purchases, not terrible. You can roll your own thing if you really want to. Um, in general, just try to get more money from people. I don't... I think apps are so so cheap anyway. But it's better to sell one family pass than no individual passes. Yeah, I suppose. I suppose. And that's the other thing with a family. I mean, things are expensive if you're a family. I mean, if you're one person buying a, a skiing slope skiing pass I, I don't know what it is but you know x amount of dollars it, it's fine but then you multiply that by four or five if you've got a, a larger family and things add up quite quite quickly so i guess it is an incentive to try and yeah sell to more people who who wouldn't otherwise either be able to afford or wouldn't want to afford uh buying the five four or five of these passes individually yeah i mean that's always the 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 thing though like where 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 do you add those kind of passes? Like, where do you want this to scale where people save individually if they're family? It's not like you go to a restaurant and you order four mains and they're like, congratulations, that's a family. Yeah, there are those. Kids eat free on some restaurants. Yeah, kids' but meals are cheaper. And yeah, they do do things like kids eat free. Okay, then in the supermarkets, you don't get stuff cheaper just because you're more uh, people. Sometimes at supermarkets, <laughs> <laughs> they give out like free fruit if you bring a kid with you. It's also true. In case anyone wants to record a podcast, I'm looking for two new co-hosts. <laughs> the ones that aren't critical and questioning you on your facts. <laughs> anyway, um, I feel like software is so cheap. I always feel like I always feel uneasy when things go in a direction to make it even cheaper. It's like everything gets more expensive in tech, like and especially in the Apple world. Like your phones are getting more expensive, your Mac's getting more expensive, and you there are more devices that you strap to your to your arms and to your wrists and and around your head and in front of your eyes and those kind of things at some point. And everything gets more expensive. Wearing glasses, <laughs> everything's getting more expensive, but then we're we keep pushing apps into like. Uh, as close to free as as humanly possible. I don't know. I feel like we should try to uh, see what Apple's doing and try to push app prices up a bit so people can actually um, uh, make money from working on indie apps. I mean, that's probably a different topic for a different day, but so many large companies, because of that, absorb all the good developers and now you have like hundreds of people working on a banking app rather than uh, I don't know, 30 groups or three people working on cool indie stuff. And I think if if you could still charge 10 or $15 for an iOS app, we would probably see a lot more innovation in that area. And therefore, I always feel slightly uneasy whenever I see a new tendency of making things even cheaper. I mean, family might be a different case because, as you said, multiple people and 
then they the family might not be able to afford it but in general whenever i hear weights of making apps cheaper i feel a bit uneasy yeah i guess there's two things there though there is the overcoming the the hurdle of convincing people to pay for apps at all whether that be a dollar five twenty uh but then there's also the yeah just trying to if we are over that hurdle of okay somebody's willing to pay uh let's make it affordable if they would like to buy it for the rest of their family as well um and and generally speaking a lot of apps, I mean, I know this is not true for all apps, but a lot of apps, the marginal cost of selling an additional unit of that app is small. For a lot of apps, it's zero. If you don't have ongoing costs associated, especially if mm-hmm. you're distributing through the app store and you don't have a back end or much of a back end, um, the cost is is next to zero to distribute that. So if you can if you can turn what would otherwise have been one sale into the equivalent of one and a half or two, but you're distributing to three extra people. I think overall that's a it's a net win for the developer. Sure, but I mean realistically, I I don't know how much slopes is, but I think if you go to a if you go for a skiing trip with your family, no matter how much he's charging for slopes, it's still by far the lowest cost of your entire trip. Yeah, yeah, probably. I would assume. I don't. I don't think slopes is hundreds of dollars. But if you already spend hundreds of dollars for for transportation, hundreds of dollars for your ski passes, hundreds of dollars for your equipment, and then you're saving three dollars on the app, I'd rather have Chris have three more dollars um, than finding ways of making like the 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 thing that is already having the lowest impact on your budget for your travel at all. Trying to optimize that one to be cheaper. I I just feel like apps are good there are a lot of good apps and if they're good make them make them cost money people i don't know i don't know i, I know i don't disagree but I, I if the idea is that it increases revenue overall i'm sure and if it manages to accomplish that then power to yeah. him i would like to uh just so these are the prices in australian dollars so if you're looking at the u.s app store or the canadian app store i don't even know if they use money over there um these might differ but the annual pass for slopes is 18 dollars. don't forget to tip in the app store <laughs> annual pass is 18 dollars. uh the five pass bundle pack which gives you i guess five days worth of skiing is 12 uh, 99 so 13 dollars. and the single pass which is a day uh, of skiing, uh, tracking, and things like that is three dollars. So All right. that's actually quite reasonably priced, I think. Um, yeah, I, but I also it's a, not it's not affordable app. It's yeah, it's it's not dirt cheap either, though, which is good. Like in, in general, that yeah, but it's a type of app that you get if you have acquired a customer and they're using the app, they're going to continue to pay you because they either are going to renew that that yearly pass or they're going to buy another day pass so it's you know yeah, yeah. even though the, the prices are low ideally if you have a paying customer they're worth more to you than just the single uh the price of a single subscription that they're going to give yeah definitely maybe maybe i should just mention quickly that um if we sound funny today it's because it's a day left la- a day day later than our first half of this recording um I guess we wanted to talk about productivity yesterday in the second half, and we realized that we needed we needed way more time to actually cover this topic, and uh, we ran out of time, and we felt like we didn't really finish it like we wanted to. So take, we- take that any way you want, us not managing to get through a productivity topic. <laughs> yeah, so we, we figured uh, we still don't have that much time to cover this today either, but uh, we still want to... Uh, 
talk on talk about this later on. So it's definitely going to be a topic that's come that's going to come up later on. Um, but for now, I think uh, we were happy to just like chat a little bit more about things that we've been wanting to talk about for a while, and that is related to our podcast setup. Uh, I know this is. Not a good segue from the productivity topic, but at least it's something that we've been wanting to talk about for a while, and we feel like it's better length for for this episode, considering how much I've been ranting on about my accent and my uh, podcast listening habits in this episode. I figure we should talk about something that's a bit more useful. And and it's also with Christmas coming up, maybe someone wants to buy a present for someone who thought about starting a podcast for a while, so now it's a good time for us to tell... Uh, everyone what what we're kind of using and uh, what kind of equipment we're using for that and software to to get to the kind of podcast quality that 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 we're at that is a w- smooth way of explaining that yeah it's a really interesting topic because interestingly enough uh, when i speak to people generally in person about the podcast it's not often that they have questions about the show itself even if they're listeners it's more often that they're going to ask something about how we record or how we schedule or what equipment we use. And I think those questions are really fascinating and hopefully we can answer a few of those in today's episode. Yeah, no, I think that's good. Like, like you said, it's not, it's not only, it's also not only about like what equipment we use. I think it's also about like scheduling and stuff like that. And realistically, it has been difficult for us considering all the different time zones. And also like as soon as, um, like we sort of started to get into a role of like, um, basically during the like June to like October month, we had a pretty good time slot, but then times change because um, we're literally like changing, changing our clocks uh, once winter comes. So Kai and I, we actually changed. Um, we were one hour further behind than Zach and then Zach changed to summertime because he's in, his seasons are upside down. It's weird over there. Uh, and then we had to like think about that, that that's actually adding an extra, an additional one hour. So yeah, it's always difficult to deal with time zones. And it's almost harder now that so we're, we're five hours apart. Um I mean, you're five hours behind. No, five hours ahead in the day, but <laughs> nineteen hours behind. But anyway, five hours ahead in the day. But it was almost easier when there was a seven-hour gap. Um, yeah, because, I agree. Yeah. Anyway, it was. But it's funny how that works. Now that we're closer, it's more difficult to find a, a time. But it sort of it rules out uh, basically any time late in the day for me because it's later for you, like too late for you to record. So we're really generally recording. Early morning, uh, early afternoon for me, which I think is early evening, late evening for you, something like that. Yeah, we since since uh, we went to back to center time, we do have a tendency of going to bed at midnight or later on recording days. Yeah, I think today, like it's it's terrible. I think uh, today we woke up at one p.m. <laughs> something. Oh wow! And I feel like you probably woke up earlier than us. It would not. I may have woken up an hour after you. <laughs> I think you actually woke up before us because I think you sent us a message. I guess we're not recording today then. Uh, well, we before we got up. Oh wow! <laughs> so yeah, it okay. wasn't. I was. I was it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't a deliberate ignoring of of your message. It was more of a we didn't have time yet because we were asleep. 
because of our non not to be disclosed productivity segment um that also spawned us to talk about that topic for another three to five hours yeah, so, so kai and i continued talking while we'll you and when, when we've been hanging up because we we're like why didn't that feel right and what else do we want to talk about and then it kept on for like five hours so yeah it's not only the podcast recording that delayed us in going to bed it's just we kept on talking about all the things we spoke about on the podcast for a very long time. And a minor d depression that was the result of that discussion. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Zach. Thanks. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, our podcast setup. So, the question is, do we want to go by, like, category, hardware, software, or do we want to do it more of a timeline, like, starting at the scheduling? Yeah, I like that. Let's go with that. Okay. <laughs> so, we go with that approach. Uh, so, we talked a bit about time zones and the difficulty of scheduling, and I think, like, overall... I'm no, I know a lot of people who record podcasts, they tend to record during the weekdays because they have families and commitments during the weekends. I, I just assume this is why. But I think personally, like, I feel like after a long day, like, like after a day or like midweek, like when I've been going to work every day, I tend to be quite exhausted in the evenings and I don't get as much sleep as I should get during the weeks. So I actually prefer to record during the weekends. I think it might mostly be me being the reason for us recording during the weekend. But in general, we also felt like we were a bit more flexible in like... um how long the podcast recording will take if we record during the weekends, because we know that we don't really have to get up in the morning so we can record in our evenings and Zach has a longer day ahead of him when he can record. So that's sort of what we decided on, like Saturday for us, Sunday for you, Zach. Is this accurate representation? Yeah, yeah, that, that tends to work best. Um, it's getting a little bit difficult closer to Christmas as, uh, you know, actually having a life on on weekends can, can be a bit of an impediment. Um, what is but, that? <laughs> what is Christmas or what's life? What's Both. a life? <laughs> um, yeah, but that is that is definitely the preferred day, and I think I think we all tend to feel a bit better recording on the weekend. You know, not having worked earlier that day or, or having to go to work later that day. But I think Saturday, at least Saturday for us, also means we have a bit of a buffer in both directions. So that means if for some reason we have a scheduling error or we have other commitments that we have to go with, we do have our Friday, your Saturday as a, as a backup option. Yeah, that's true. And then also have a bit of time to to think about what we recorded and then potentially start start and edit and those kind of things uh, while it's still weekend, which is kind of uh, beneficial mm -hmm. rather than recording really late into night on a on a Monday and then having to go to bed, going to work, and then after work starting to edit. It's kind of good to still have a fresh mind of what, what we've actually done uh, for the edit, I think. I think that does help. Yeah, definitely. So if... Then for the scheduling, I think we already picked it when we back when we had our app uh, ranking list type thing. Uh, we're still using time there. That's what it's called, right? Yeah. So we mostly use time there. Uh, it's mm -hmm. a, it's a, it's an iOS app, but it's also a an, an iMessage app, and it's really good. So if we actually want to send suggested times to each other, we just um, see the like time difference so we can have like on, on the left side in this app you can see the time in sydney and on the other side you can see the time in vancouver and then we can propose the time and create a calendar event from it it got less use uh, lately because our schedule got a lot more uh reliable so we didn't need it as much as before oh is that why 
So I, I was going to say that we've been using it a little bit less because it's way easier to add five hours than it is to add seven. But maybe I'm just dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, but I, I do think consistency in our schedule just means we kind of know more when we would record. Yeah. So we don't really need a conversion if we always record roughly at the same time. Yeah, something That's I do true. miss about like from time there, though, is that it's not having... There's an iMessage app, but there's no iMessage app for Mac, like for macOS. And I would love this. And maybe that's something you can have it. Marzipan, like, look, this, this Marzipan thing, the product sneak peek thing might be useful for this. Uh, because right now I use another app, which is called World Pro, World Clock Pro, uh, on the Mac. It's a desktop app. Uh, and there I can actually see like the different timelines. And I use this for like, uh, you can add like as many time zones as you want. And then it's like an extension in your status bar. Um, like a widget, right? Like a widget, yeah. And I do sort of like that, but the only thing with that is that you can't really think, like, you can't move it further than 24 hours. So that's a little bit annoying, like, especially during times when, like, the, um, the, what is it called? Like, winter, when daylight, daylight saving and, uh, is it called daylight standard saving? time. Yeah, and standard time is changing. Like, during that week, it was pretty unreliable to use this. But I would really like to have a time there app just so that you can directly create the tag calendar events. So that would be nice. But overall, I think this has been working pretty well for us. It's also a little bit difficult to use on the Apple Watch. It often comes up with, oh, Marlon sent you an image. You can view it on your iPhone. It's like, well, <laughs> thanks, I guess. But it'd be great yeah. to see it on the uh, on the Apple Watch screen, too. Mm. All right. So after we got the schedule, mm. uh, we 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 tried a few different things uh, throughout our twenty four episodes um, to actually talk to each other. We tried Skype, but Skype, at least with the new versions, is a horrible um, resource hog. So back when I had to record from a, a MacBook Pro, that means the uh, fan was just spinning up to full speed after two minutes of recording. Um, and mostly, most of that was due to Skype. Um, and then we kind of tried different, different, uh, then we, I think briefly switched to FaceTime, but for some reason, Zach had a lot of problems with FaceTime dropping out and, mm, and yeah, on, like, wasn't, out. wasn't the best. I think I, on uni Wi-Fi, it was cutting in and out quite a bit. And on mm. home Wi-Fi, I had some problems not being able to hear you at certain points. So it was, yeah, yeah, that was it. That was weird. Yeah. It's kind of not what. Not what I'm used to from FaceTime. I know using FaceTime audio on my iPhone, it's almost perfect all the time. But um, yeah. for some reason on the Mac, maybe with many other things happening on the computer, uh, it doesn't seem to like something about the way we were we're, were talking and recording. Mm. Yeah. And then we, um, we switched to Discord. And Discord is actually more of an app or like a... Um, uh speak i i don't know what you really call that type of app it's it's like a uh it kind of comes more from the video game like online game market so kind of uh, uh team speak type um uh, application but it also has like a built-in chat and like a almost like a slack competitor type with different channels and different discussion threads and those kind of things um but the benefit with that is that you have um Full control. Skype is trying to be smart and try to, they try to, uh, change dynamically the bitrate of your, of your voice and kind of reroute your audio and those kind of things, trying to optimize it. But for our setup where we're all on relatively solid connections, it's actually beneficial for us to just have a, 
a server that we both connect to, which is in US West Coast. So that's like uh, 30 milliseconds from us and I think 200 milliseconds from Muzak uh, to get there. And then we just set it to, it uses the Opus codec. So it's a really high quality audio codec. So it almost sounds, I, uh, Marlon and me hear you almost at the same quality that our recording is at, which is really nice. Uh, we have the low latency. It's very CPU, uh, easy on the CPU because it's optimized for, for kind of the gaming markets. So if you play games, you don't want your, your voice client to, to hog your resources. You want the game to be able to utilize as much of that as, po as possible. So that was kind of their focus to optimize on CPU usage. And then we just fix, uh, bitrate and those kind of settings. Um, and there's no kind of drop in, in quality and bumping it back to a higher quality is just fixed big bit rate for an entire conversation. And it's so far been super, super reliable. And I think we've only had one really short hiccup once and to restart fixed it. Yeah. Yeah. I've been definitely pretty impressed with it, mm. uh, especially considering all the problems with the other things we've tried. So yeah, yeah, it's been good. It, it's been really good. And it's free. Um, I don't think they have a real monetization strategy yet. I think is it like, I mean, Slack, yeah, business plans for, so you can, uh, if you want to keep older messages and you want to be able to read, like, get no, more enterprise they information. No, 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 they, they don't, they don't because they don't optimize for enterprise, they optimize for gaming. So they also don't want to have ads because the idea, again, is ads hog your CPU and your resources and your internet connection, and it should go towards the games you're playing, like the actual activity you're trying to accomplish on your computer. So they're also committed to no ads ever. So I think they're now going towards the market of selling games and having like a game, kind of like Steam, like a library, and there's like a pack that you can buy to get extra images, higher quality images and video uploads. Um Nothing really that's uh, relevant for us, but yeah. I mean, I, I hope they find a way of monetizing that um, because I think the product itself is really good. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Like, I really I really want them to find a way of monetizing soon before they're getting acquired. It would be great if they stick around for a while. So hopefully they find... I mean, I'm happy to pay for them uh, to, in order to use their product. So if that's what they're thinking of, um, I wouldn't mind. And then uh, we're recording the audio, so we're doing like a double ender. So at the moment we have... What is a double ender, Kai? Which means we're recording both of our audio files from uh, locally and then put them back together during the edit. Um, so we're not recording what comes through Discord, but we're actually recording the, the audio that comes off our microphone here. So Mal and I share a microphone and Zach is recording the audio on, on, uh, on his machine. Yeah. And you touched on that, like with sharing microphone, this is actually not ideal. I would say like, if you're in the same, even if you're in the same city as someone, I would probably recommend having two different microphones because like right now it's quite difficult because sometimes if we do have some overlap in what we're saying it's difficult in the editing so you can't mm -hmm. actually separate those words and it's also causing problems that like for example i'm sometimes speaking further away from the microphone because if kai want to say something right like right before or right after uh, it's difficult for us to like push each other away uh, because we we both want to sit sort of center on the microphone which we don't do at the moment so yeah uh, i would recommend getting a second one we we will get it we're just concerned about like the space of where to sit because we don't really have a great second table to sit and record yeah there's a reason that i very rarely talk over you or you very rarely talk over me but if there is like crosstalk it'll be you two <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it also means we're kind of having more of a, a golem posture while while being on the podcast because we're kind of leaning over to because the microphone is kind of in between the two of us and we're kind of leaning into the microphone and then then 
uh, going back when the other person wants to talk. So it's definitely. Um, and now Mon decided to move the microphone while I'm trying to talk into it. That's that. That makes it easier. Thanks for that. How's the stress? What if we did this? Now we're on to the, no, no, no it's worse. Is, we still, still have still to lean. Never mind. Okay, we're still leaning. It's fine. We're, 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 we're not going to optimize our setup right now. Let's do it at a different time. Anyway, and then we're um, recording that audio um, with Audio Hijack. So we have Audio Hijack set up to record um, our microphone as a WAV file and then a MP3 of our Discord chat uh, or Discord uh, audio conversation. And the Discord part is more of a backup in case something goes wrong with the recording so that means that both we here and zach in sydney has a recording of our entire conversation um that includes both audio tracks in one file just in case i don't know uh something goes wrong with the recording on either side we we still have the other one that at least has the audio so we the chances of losing the entire conversation are a lot lower and worst case we can release something that has uh uh that comes from a comes through the network in a, in a slightly less ideal um, uh, quality and yeah. ov obviously so harder to edit. So the reason why we don't only keep that while we do still record on both ends is because um, it's voice quality and it's also we would get it as one stream, so we wouldn't be able to take away any crosstalk, right? Yeah, that's right. Do you record my audio as well as the the joint combined thing from Discord? Because I'm recording, I've got three recordings going. I record my audio, your audio separately. Uh, mine is a, a WAV file, yours is an MP3, and then the joint uh, recording as an MP3 as well. Oh, interesting. No, I'm I'm only recording our input um, and then the Discord. Okay, fair enough. You should, uh, you should change that. Yeah. Now that you have an iMac Pro that can handle, uh, <laughs> I'm sure it can handle many dozens of recorders simultaneously. Yeah, yeah. Did we mention we're using Audio Hijack for that? Yeah, I think we did. I don't remember. Okay. Yeah. All right, cool. Great app. Yeah, it's it's perfect for this uh, this use. I mean, it almost blew my ears out yesterday, but otherwise it's pretty good. <laughs> how did you how did you find this app? I I mean, Rogue Amoeba has been around uh, for a long time. I've always... I used him for a long time for a whole bunch of audio stuff. Um so I always wanted to have a reason to... to From his other podcast, Marlon? <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, that one. No, they also had Airfoil and some other stuff um, like a long time ago to enable you to do a multi-speaker um, multi audio with AirPlay. So I used to use some of the other audio tools a long time ago. And I, I, I was kind of excited to to find more reasons to give them money because I do think their products are really good. So I was quite excited that we do have to podcast and uh, do that more regularly because it made sense to throw more money at Rogue Amoeba. They make good things, even if you're not... Uh, how much does it cost? It is 60 US. Okay, fair enough. I mean, if we use it every week, that's fine. Uh, did we ever try any other type of recording? I'm just thinking for people who are just starting out who maybe are not as sure if they want to commit to buying software. I mean, the benefit with Audio Hijack is this kind of special setup we're having where we record um, a WAV file from our microphone and then the Discord chat and in Zach's situation, even the audio that he hears of us separately. So if you want to have this kind of more complex setup, then you definitely um, want to have uh, Audio Hijack. And otherwise, you can use anything. Otherwise, if you just want to record your audio just your microphone or just the, uh, the the conversation, you can use something like QuickTime and just set the input to be your microphone and hit record. So you can do that. Um, and it's free. It's If you have a Mac, it already comes with it. So um, 
I'd probably suggest something like that. There are also Skype Skype call recorders if you want to use Skype to record, um, or or if you use any of the audio audio editing tools that are free. Most of them also have re- uh, uh, record uh, recording options. I just think uh, Audio Hijack is kind of the neatest and easiest, and you save your session, so your configuration, you save it, and you, every time you you record a podcast, you just open up, hit record, and you're good to go, which is uh, pretty nice. Ah, and then also what I realized, um, for our particular setup on our side, because we have two people on one microphone, we do also wear headphones. Um, so one headphone, oh, my headphone is directly connected to the iMac and Marlin connects her microphone to the, uh, her headphone to the microphone. And we have in Audio Hijack set up that it actually loops back the audio that we speak into the microphone into our headphones. Um, which makes it just easier to to realize when you're too silent, too loud, and those kind of things. So that's that's another benefit of that. Yeah, that part of Audio Hijack is really nice, being able to root audio different places and things like that. It's yeah. um, definitely a, a nice feature. It's not just about me hearing Zach or Kai. It's also about me hearing myself. And I think that's how you have it too, Zach, right? You actually hear yeah. your own voice? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I do hear myself back through my headphones, which is a little bit, uh, a little bit funny sometimes. But I think it's definitely uh, beneficial because, yeah, you get the... You get familiar with how loudly you're talking versus how loud uh, other people are talking, uh, and it just gives you a sense of how you sound as well, um, yeah. which is is quite nice. And uh, it, it kind of makes it easier to notif- notice if there's like a buzzing in the background or some interference on 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 your on your audio stream because you mm. hear it yourself. So everything you hear is what what you're actually recording, which is quite useful. Yeah. And I would recommend if you're using Audio Hijack, there in settings you can set the audio processing latency. So if you do the live monitoring, so if you want to have your audio being pumped back into your headphones set that latency to lower latency because otherwise uh, it takes like half a second for the audio to get back to your headphones and that's super disorienting. Super disorienting. And and <laughs> and it sounds like you're... Sounds like <laughs> <laughs> exactly like that. Thanks, Zach, for simulating so accurately the more reliable setting in Audio Hijack. Well, for those people who don't want to buy Audio Hijack, I've got to give them the authentic experience. <laughs> yeah. But if you have ever, I don't know, if you've ever had a talk and you had a PA system and the audio was slightly behind, you feel like you're getting slower and slower because it's, I don't know, you're trying to adjust for for the latency in the in the in the system and it just make i don't know there are some people that that for some reason are immune to that but i'm definitely not i'm just getting slower and slower and i'm getting more and more frustrated that i'm i feel like i'm almost grinding to a halt while talking so it doesn't work for me so lower latency is the way to go there and as for hardware um we're um using for the microphones i think we all use different headphones but for the microphones we all use the same audio technica atr uh, 2100 usb rolls of the tongue mm. uh, i mean all the hardware products we'll mention roll of the tongue with their names i think but um yeah, i don't know what it is like why can't you name things a little bit i mean i'm, I'm, I'm not saying that it's difficult to wrap my head around this but i just feel like this is not very good marketing why do they not like try to name it a bit clearer because they have two thousand over 2100 products so each one gets a unique identifier <laughs> it could be yeah. worse it could be the 10s max <laughs> <laughs> that's true yeah this this is easier atr 2100 usb yeah <laughs> um and i mean i think we all bought that just uh we use marco's uh mega uh microphone review 
And is that what he called it? Mega microphone review? Something like that. Okay. Yeah, we should put a link in there. Yeah, yeah, we will. And we just picked a kind of more affordable microphone option. I think you can get a microphone quite frequently uh, under 100 hundred uh dollars yeah i think the appeal for this one particularly uh, in my case was that it's supposed to be quite good at blocking out background noise and only sort of focusing on the audio that's really close to the microphone and that's beneficial because the room i'm recording in is actually quite large and uh, a little bit echoey at times but i don't think you really notice that listening back to the podcast uh hopefully you don't notice that listening back to the podcast uh, because this microphone does do a good job of sort of not really picking up on that echo uh, very much. If you do notice that this, like, if you guys are sitting home and listening to this and you're like, man, they sound terrible, please let us know. Then, then we'll adjust. Mm. But yeah, please. We, we did have some audio issues earlier on and we got some feedback and we're able to fix those. But if um, if they're ongoing, it's definitely uh, beneficial for us to know and then we can fix yeah. it. But the, the audio technique here is definitely, it's a dynamic microphone, which means um, a lot of the cheaper microphones are usually, um, you don't have to be that close to them. Um, but therefore they pick up more of the surrounding uh, room and echo and those kind of things. The, the ATR uh, 2100, you have to be within, I don't know, an inch of the microphone, uh, or 2.54 centimeters, um, <laughs> uh, to, to get a good sound. Because if you move away like this, then the quality drops quite significantly as you get to more than, I don't know, 10 centimeters. It's, it's a significant drop. So you have to be really, really close to it, which is a, bit difficult at times especially when you're sharing it um but i feel after some time you get used to that and i do think it it helps with the audio quality quite a lot and just uh removes a lot of the headache you might have otherwise with a lot of echo in the room that you're then trying to remove later yeah i just looked uh, at marco's blog and he says that the price when he wrote this article it was 40 dollar. we didn't pay that little but that's that's 40 us and that's without taxes Oh, yeah. 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 We did pay a bit more, but we know that this mic is like deflating and then inflating in price quite quick, frequently. So if you can hold off, maybe wait a bit till you see that the price, price is going lower. They tend to have specials on, I mm. think. And it's also nice. It's, it's USB. So if you're just getting started, you can just uh, plug it into uh, any computer computer that has a usb-a port um so none of ours <laughs> mm. <laughs> um but if you're getting getting more into the podcasting thing it also has an xlr port so if you do get like an amplifier or or some more expensive uh, audio equipment not an amplifier what is it called a mixer yeah that's the word good job maybe Let's go with that now. Uh, you can plug it into that and still use it and kind of upgrade more incrementally, which which is probably a good way to approach that. And for headphones, I think we just used the headphones we already had for, for other purposes. Uh, I didn't buy a specific podcasting uh, headphone. I would like to at some point, but for now... You just you just want to because you feel like it's a good thing to justify the, the cost for, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I don't think it would benefit the show in any way, shape, or form, but if it makes you happy, Kai. But it would benefit the Kai, so that is an important part of my life. <laughs> put too. a smile on your dial. <laughs> so at the moment, I'm using the Sony WH-1000XM2, um, which is, I, I bought them mostly uh, for, for airplane type of activities, so they're noise-canceling headphones, and they're... They're not super comfortable long term. That's why I think it would be nice to go for something that 
is a bit more comfortable at home, so they do get quite warm and those kind of things. Um, but they're fine. They work. Um, and they're, they're just really nice. Uh, they're definitely a strong recommendation for air travel. If you want to buy something exclusively for podcasting, I would probably look at, at something that's a bit more, uh, comfortable and less warm. But if, if you want something that you can use for, for more situations in life, I think they're, they're pretty good headphones. And Sony just released the, uh, XM3. Um, which are just basically the same, but slightly improved. And they switched from micro USB to USB C for for uh, charging and those kind of things. So that that makes it nice because uh, more things go USB C. So having headphones that use USB C instead is a good idea too. Um, Martin, Zach, what are you using? Yeah, uh, I was just thinking, um, just considering how that we're don't have too much time today i just uh, like like i said my headphones are not very exciting i'm just using a pair um i'm just gonna run through this quickly i'm just using a pair that i basically bought uh, for flights that i wanted to use uh, i wanted to have a pair of noise cancelling headphones i wasn't sure if uh, i would use them a lot and if i would use the noise cancelling functionality that much while flying so i didn't want to spend too much money on something like uh bose or um like other other noise cancelling headphones, so I ended up going with a it's a Chinese company called Bluedio, um, and the ones I have is I think it's Bluedio. It says on the top of them. What does it say? Okay, Faith. Bluedio Faith. I don't know. That's probably not the official name. Um, but yeah, they are relatively comfortable. They they don't look particularly great, but they they work. I got them. Bluedio F two. Yeah. All right, so they are available on Amazon. The noise cancelling functionality of it is really good, so I do like that part, but they are just like, they, they, they are mostly something, I wouldn't walk around using them because they're really big. Um, so over to you, Zach. Do you want to tell us about your headphones? Sure. So I have the uh, mainstream commuters headphones, the uh, Bose uh, QC35 Series 2. Um, if you catch a bus or a train on a regular basis, you will see... Uh, all the other people who regularly catch buses or trains wearing these. Uh, so I bought them a few months before <laughs> we started the, the show, uh, but they've worked out quite well uh, while recording as well. Um, and out of curiosity, do either of you have the noise uh, cancelling functionality turned on while we record? No. No, no. I don't feel like it's necessary. No, I, I do. I, in <laughs> general, feel noise cancelling slightly uh, discomforting. So whenever oh, really? I can avoid it, I, I will not turn it on. But in, in an airplane, I definitely prefer the discomfort of noise cancelling over the discomfort of crying children and loud people and buzzing and those kind of things. Okay. See, my, my experience is noise cancelling is mainly just that it muffles mm-hmm. outside sound. It's almost just like putting on earplugs. Like I can still so do definitely you have it on? things. But yeah, I do while we record, yeah. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. I mean, there's probably no need. It's, it's generally pretty quiet around here anyway, but I guess it's just about really getting that background noise down and... uh and only focusing on hearing uh, the audio from this conversation. All right. Um, so after that, then we actually have the WAV files. If everything goes right and nothing uh, got lost on the way, we have two WAV files, one on our side, one on Zach's side. We're usually uploading that to pCloud or, or Google Drive, um, and then I'm running it through Orphonic. Orphonic is basically leveling all the... Um, all the audio, so make sure that we're all kind of equally loud. It kind of reduces some of the noise and humming and those kind of uh, background noises that we don't actually want in there. Um, and just kind of makes, improves the audio without a lot of manual. So I basically just configured all the settings to be kind of good for, for a podcast. 
and then it does all its magic to to make the sound as good as it can. Um, and when that's done, I upload those uh, process files back into uh, pCloud or Google Drive, and then we start edit- editing. Do you want to talk about the editing part, Zach? Yeah, so it's potentially my favorite part. <laughs> um, I really <laughs> Thanks. do. I really do enjoy the editing. And you really don't like talking the- to us, so... No, 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 no. That's not what I meant by that. It's just, I like, know, it's I know, just, I know. Uh, a different way to be creative, I guess, is, is, is uh, <laughs> okay. to edit a podcast. Good save. Um, so, yeah, I, I do get excited every week creating the, the logic project and uh, dragging dragging the two-way files in. Uh, so, usually, uh, I I don't have a logic template. I think, Kai, you do when you edit. Um, I do. I'm an animal, and I am perfectly fine to spend the first five minutes setting up the logic project each week. Sort of a bit of a ritual. Uh, and... So I do that. Animal. I create animal. Yeah, I'll take it. Um, create three <laughs> tracks. Uh, so I have uh, your audio track, my audio track, and then a, a sound effects track um, with things like our, our intro um, jingle and the the jingle that we have between uh, between segments. Um, also, the occasional flashback music, uh, like thing. Um, mm-hmm. That's terrible. Um, so that that those kind of things go in the sound effects uh, track. Um, I like I edit again like an animal. So I know Kai, you tend to use some of Logic's built-in uh, automatic uh, silence removal tools. Hell yeah, yeah. Whereas I I have tried that and I am not a fan. I definitely prefer to uh, sort of remove the silence. Um, so say right now while I'm talking, of the the track, the audio from uh, Kai and Marlin's track will be taken out so that this is uh, my track is the only one uh, running while I'm talking. Uh, and I'm perfectly happy to do that manually. Uh, I figure I have to sit there and listen to the podcast go anyway, so I might as well be doing something to uh, keep myself occupied, to, to get that editing right. This is when people play Truck Simulator. You should try it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that works for some people. Um, <laughs> I guess using logic is, is a bit of a game in and of itself for me. Um, and then I try and sort of edit maybe like 30 seconds ahead so that as I'm listening, I figure out, does it sound good? Does it not? And then I can go back and edit. So um, while while I am editing like a longer section of... Um, so one of the reasons I bought Logic is because it just has all of these like nice little things that speed up the editing process. So I was using GarageBand for probably the first like two or three months. Um, and it was fine. It does the job. Uh, everything you need is in GarageBand. Um, the overall quality of the edit is probably no different. Uh, but just there are some nice uh, nice additional features we get using Logic. Um, mm-hmm. And one of those is being able to listen back to the recording while editing at a, a speed faster than 1x. So mm-hmm. I tend to listen somewhere between about 1.8 and 2x while there's a, a longer chunk of audio, say if one of us is speaking for a few minutes at a time, uh, and just make sure that that all sounds good because generally there's not a lot to edit out there. I mean, occasionally we might uh, take a break in between or there might be... Uh, some stuttering that's really noticeable. I don't take out all the little things, but there might be something that's really noticeable and just chop all that out. Um, but generally speaking, uh, listening to that segment at, at 2x uh, means I get through it pretty fast. Uh, and then when, say, that segment comes to an end and there's lots of back and forth for the next couple of minutes, then I'll slow it down to 1x and edit at that um, mm-hmm. at that rate. And listen at that rate, make sure that sort of the, the gaps between the audio clips are appropriate. Nothing's too long or too short. Um, and it... It's been taking since since moving to Logic and being able to listen back at 2x. It's probably been taking about one minute to edit one minute of uh, of the show, mm-hmm. um, which is an improvement over the probably two to one 
uh, minute ratio that it was taking uh, using GarageBand. So that is, you know, sort of the time is, the time is, I guess, lost while there's lots of back and forth, but then made up being able to listen back at 2x while one of us is speaking for for quite a while but then there's also the the processing after that is a lot um easier now because now we can send markers as we do the edit Mm -hmm. and the markers we're using forecast to then um actually encode the wave file back into an mp3 yes um and forecast can read the markers from the wave file that logic uh, spits out and uh, makes them into chapters. So we don't have to then do the chapter markers manually in the end. Yeah, so that's another saving of probably at least 10 minutes. So before using Logic, what I was doing is going back and I would either have sort of in my head an idea of what we spoke about and roughly what times we changed topics or I would use the the sound effect that I put between, uh, between I guess, chapters mm-hmm. uh, and sort of get the time there and then manually enter that information into forecast. And that was... A real pain, and that also meant that if uh, I didn't edit, exported that, needed to change something a few hours later, exported that, I would have yeah. to redo all of the the chapter information. Whereas now with Logic, uh, we put in markers, and it brings that information across when we export uh, and and run it through Forecast. So that again isn't a huge time saving. So I think for those two two reasons, Logic has definitely been a, a worthwhile purchase. Uh, it's not cheap, yeah. but and especially now what. Our, our process is usually that, um, or for the last few episodes at least, you kind of did the first pass on the edit, and then I usually do a second pass. Mm-hmm. And what I focus on is kind of more timing-related things. Because we are on different continents, there's often uh, quite a significant delay between, I don't know, Marlon making a joke and you reacting. That's not because yeah. you're, you're very <laughs> slow. It's usually that there is just a 400 millisecond plus uh, round trip. So I'm kind of focusing more on on the pacing of those. Sometimes it's because I'm slow. Let's not let's not lie here. <laughs> but I will still make it sound like you're not. So that's kind of what I'm usually focusing on on my second pass is just to kind of remove those kind of latency related uh, oddities, and that saves like over over an episode, maybe four or five minutes. But because we have all the markers that then automatically move. With with my removal of, of those kind of things, uh, we don't have to redo all the chapter markers, which we would have to do otherwise. So there, that exactly. that kind of chapter marking thing enables us to do quite easy a second pass that before that would have been quite significantly more annoying. And I listen to the show. <laughs> <laughs> and give feedback. Yeah, I, I, I do give feedback. And I come up with names. Uh, don't mm-hmm. forget that. Mm-hmm. I do really want to... I, I want to get more into the editing. At the moment, I have had a lot of other things... Uh, that I've been having to sort out outside of the podcast recording related to other things. Uh, so I haven't really had a chance to pick that up yet, but I would really want to get more into the, re- into the editing because I think it's like success. It's like a creative process and it's sort of part of, like, I, I think I am a creative person and I want to be able to, like, get more involved in that part too. And, uh, like, actually creating a finished product would be really exciting. So I want to do that. But at the moment, I, I do listen. Uh, I listen a lot to the different edits and I tend to, like, give feedbacks on different points. Uh, but at the moment, like, I feel like you guys tend to pick up most things. I don't feel, I feel like at the moment, my, my main, purpose of this part of the proce- process is just name suggestion but <laughs> yeah and just with a um consciousness about our our time that we're running out of um the the last step is when we have the mp3 file um uh we are at the moment hosting them at anchor uh, which just kind of we defaulted to that because it was a free podcast host and uh 
we we didn't want to spend more money per month on on the podcast. Uh, oh yeah, I was curious. How much is Logic Pro? Is like a hundred twenty dollar? Three hundred Australian. Yeah, is it's, it that much? Yeah, it's, it's a mm. bit more than that. So probably um, one ninety nine US or something like that. We, but before tax, of course. So you know, who knows what it actually <laughs> is. <laughs> Um, yeah, but then I usually also, um, make, uh, MP3, uh, the, the show notes in a different format. So I usually have a markdown, uh, document that I then convert into HTML. And that's kind of the, the show notes that you're actually seeing in, in the podcast player. So sometimes we put links in there or we put links to our Twitter handle and those kind of things in there. So that's kind of a template that I have that I paste in and kind of give it the, the show number. So it shows up with the right number in, in, uh, the podcast players and in, um, iTunes, uh, um, podcast directory and those kind of things. And uh, then we schedule it for, uh, at the moment, we're scheduling it for Tuesday, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, uh, which is a different time in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> Very accurate. Midday. Yeah. Midday, yeah. Noon, Midday. Yep. noon of the Wednesday. Yep. I'll often head out for lunch and get a push notification from Pocket Cast and Overcast that uh, mm. we have a new episode released. And for some reason, I don't get push notifications from Cash Joe and Apple's podcast app, despite yeah. having them turned on. <laughs> but hey. Well, um, yeah, but we, we're probably moving away from Anchor at some point just because they're doing more things like, uh, I don't know, they want to add like their logo to your podcast artwork and they do it like post play uh, audio files they want to add and they want to do all the publishing for you. Um, but we don't want to do that. And I understand that they're at the moment, they're doing all of this for free. So of course they want to push their platform. But uh, I think at some point soon, we probably just to be more in control of what's, what's happening, moving to something something else where we pay money to, to actually host the files. Definitely. I'd be a lot more comfortable with that. I mean, Anchor has been a great starting point, uh, but I think it will be time to move away from that into something where we control a little bit more. Um, yeah. And, you know, give, give the company money and it's a more transactional uh, relationship there. I, I agree. And it's also because of that, Anchor has more restrictions on what can be in your show notes. So if there are too many links, they consider it potential spam and they don't let you do that. So a few weeks ago, when I wanted to add a whole bunch of links to our episode, it took me over an hour to figure out what's actually going on, why the episode wouldn't be able to be published. And it turns out it was just the metadata and the error messaging wasn't great. But it makes sense because as a free platform, they probably have a lot more spam problems than something where you pay $20 a month. So yeah, at some point soon, maybe maybe it's our Christmas holiday uh, project to, to move mm. to something else. We'll see. Cool. All right, that was interesting. Mm, I think that's the end of that that recording to to publishing loop, and then it goes to mm. whatever podcast player you're listening to this episode on right now. Yep. Look, I I really do prefer the story that I fly over to Vancouver each week, record, and come home. Um, but it doesn't really slide with most people; they see right through it. Uh, has anyone assumed that? No one assumes it. Right? <laughs> no, but I have told a few people that. <laughs> Your audio lag is back to moron levels. <laughs> the thing is, it's always muted, and I have to decide whether it's worth unmuting to laugh. <laughs> but well, it's a big ch- it and, and then it's like, well, a few seconds has passed. It's too late anyway. My, my laugh like, is lost to but, the, but the yeah, not but, recording. But sometimes it really turns into uh, Zach is a moron because it's like Marlon mm. makes a joke. 
one second, two seconds, three seconds. Ha ha. <laughs> like, oh man, this one took you a while. This would be the delay when we talk to each other in real life. Wow. <laughs> this would be a depressing conversation. Mm.